This episode of EU for Serials contains some graphic content and sensitive subject matter that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Jacqueline. Yeah, Jacqueline. 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 Oh, Jacqueline. Jacqueline. That's a new one. Look what I found today. I couldn't resist. Dixie drum oh, sticks. Oh, in a biscuit. <laughs> I thought it said, I'm a biscuit. No. <laughs> you know, the Dixie drumsticks, they discontinued them, but I found them in the shops today because they brought them back, I think, as a limited edition. They're this like is- five years old. This is no. <laughs> this is the, stop. Like the second time they've done it in twelve months, and then I found the crispy chicken ones too. Ooh, I'm so excited! Yay! Good birthday present. I'm I know. So I'm very so, in yeah. tune with my white girl side dancing sometimes, and I'm okay with it. I have noticed that about you. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing you guys haven't seen me like on a night out dancing. <laughs> I would very much like to say that. The yeah. amount of times I got twelve around. Twelve around. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> when I when I went out with Caitlin the first night with Ruby and stuff. Oh yeah. I was essentially ping ponging between <laughs> Caitlin and Jackson. And Jackson was twirling me around. And Who's Jackson? The skater dad. Skater dad. Yeah. He was a skater dad. He said, see you later, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? Have you been drinking? I'm actually, I'm fine. You, you can see what's next to her. Oh, yeah, okay. What? No, this is from earlier. <laughs> <laughs> it's from this morning. I'm legit drinking tea. Irish tea. I've just had yeah, two fast juices today, so I'm... Was that was that the fancy hemp stuff? Yeah. Yeah. What, what's a fast juice? For me. If I can get um, sponsorship <laughs> for oh. our podcast, we oh, will I advertise even know. it. Yeah. What, what is it? Is Look it at like all the things energy? I can achieve on the hemp juice. Uh, um, it's, it's, do it's I have vegan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Vegan, gluten free. Something. Just, Hemp's me fuss something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. energy it's drinks good. make everyone fart. <laughs> I, I didn't say fart. Oh. I do that all on my own. <laughs> I, just, I love how your brain went directly. I'm sure though. that's what you said. Because I always fart when I have energy drinks. Do you? Is yeah. someone who's been in like a closed room with you for quite some time, many occasions, mm-hmm. it's not the energy drinks, Jack. Well, anyway, I found the meme. Please hold. <laughs> So, <clears throat> my bedroom constantly smells like farts that aren't mine, but I live alone. And then... <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, then the person's written, congrats to this Reddit user for having the funniest title of a horror story ever. And then they replied saying, spoiler, but the twist was literally that it was a creepy dude who was sleeping under her bed <gasps> and constantly ripping gas. No! I don't know. I hope it's a joke. That's so creepy. 
Yeah. I start oh playing God. devil's advocate for him. Like maybe he just like really needed a warm place to stay. It was like didn't mean to do anything. <laughs> I mean, by the sounds of his heart, he could have warmed his own box up. But Jesus Christ, Jeez. to the gas chamber. <laughs> oh, Nats. <laughs> well, not like that. <laughs> okay, moving <sighs> swiftly on. I just found a really because obviously, like the Queen's funeral, and today, obviously, we had the public holiday. I just found a really sweet story about the Queen, which obviously we're not focusing on this episode, but I just wanted to kind of share it with you guys. So, um, well, I don't know if it's true, but um, it was on <laughs> it was on Facebook. So. Oh well, if it's on Facebook, it must be true. <laughs> guys, I found a really sweet story. Well, I, I don't know if it's it true, with, I don't know but if it's, it's on true Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> it was how like Tony Hawk accidentally taught her how to do a okay. kickflip, and she was so good at it. One eighty. Yeah, I wish that happened. Yeah. So <laughs> allegedly the queen was with one of her peoples and like doing a walk at, around Balmoral. Yeah, she was with her homie. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like hiking together and these two American tourists were hiking as well and the queen apparently used to say hello to people like while she saw them hiking and they were two American tourists and they Basically, they didn't recognize the queen and um, they were like asking her all these questions. Oh my like, God. Oh, where do you live? And I know this story. It, <laughs> yeah. It's it's true. <clears throat> and the queen was like, oh, I, I, you know, I live in London, but I have a holiday home here. Um, and they were like, oh, that's fascinating. And the queen was like, yeah, I've been coming here for, for over 60 years, um, you know, since I was a little girl. And they were like, oh, wow. So you must have met the queen at some point. Um, and the queen responded with, oh, well, I haven't, but uh, whoever it was that she was with, you know, he he's met her. And they turned to him and they were like, oh, what's she like? Like, what's it like to have met the queen? Um, and he, obviously knowing that she was like, you know, basically aware of what was going on, he was like cheeky and he was like, oh, she's, she's quite cantankerous at times, but she's got a great sense of humour. Um, and so they, then they pulled out the uh, a camera and they gave it to the queen and said, oh, can you take a photo of us with this guy who's met the queen? <laughs> <laughs> and then they took another photo with this, who they thought was just a lovely old lady. <laughs> they took oh a photo God. with the queen. Um, and, yeah, apparently she was like, I can't wait to see the look on their faces when they kind of show whoever back home oh we got a photo of this guy who met the queen and these lovely people we saw <laughs> and so someone's gonna That's point so out funny. yeah yeah no, i i just love the thought story. of like them getting back to their hotel or something taking all the shit out of their pockets and like money falls out <laughs> yeah they just see the queen's <laughs> like, face oh, and they're like, fuck. oh shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the queen was known to have that kind of sense of humor where she kind of just rolled with stuff. Like you guys must have seen the videos on Facebook and stuff where like she's trying to cut a cake with a sword and people are like, oh, there's a knife here. And she's like, yeah, I know. And she keeps cutting it with a sword. Like, yeah. <laughs> See, the the best the video of the queen I've ever yeah. seen is where she sees the cows. Oh, a cow, look. <laughs> I've, I've never seen, like, such a genuine smile. Yeah. She got so excited by animals, bless her. Oh. 
but yeah I just thought I'd uh, start us off with that little story um but yeah I, I, who who wants to go first today who has Jordan has an incredible story oh know? oh yeah no fucking set me up for the fail that's okay <laughs> should we try and actually get through it in one hit today or <laughs> yeah yeah we can um if the I think doesn't do- keep interrupting for fuck's sake hey and Jackie <laughs> I've done very well to keep my mouth shut so far. I'll have you know. Yeah, that's a good um good thing to take to a podcast. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I should do? I should get the Pavlova vodka and every single time I interrupt, just have a shot. Oh, by the end of the podcast, idea. I'll be fucking dead. I dare you go and get the bottle. Jackie's gonna you be drunk it. again. Oh, how do, it. do it, do it, do it, do, do, it. do it. I would do it. Well, one of us has got to drive the kid to school tomorrow. That, so. was, that was the deal. So if I do it, you have to drive Klein to school tomorrow morning. Okay, but you can come as a passenger. Oh. <laughs> okay. But, but <laughs> Jackie, you get Muzz Buzz. You get Muzz Buzz and yeah, Bunnings. That, oh, Bunnings. I mean, yeah. let's go. Hang on. We really had to twist her arm on that one, didn't we? Yeah, I know. I have pink gin. Ooh. Give me that. <laughs> Straight pink out the gin. bottle. Or Pavlova vodka. It's very good. So it's from the Swan Valley um, and it's made by Old Youngs. It's made from Old Youngs and it's infused with passion fruit, strawberry, kiwi fruit, burnt sugar and vanilla. It it. is amazing. It's about 40%, I think. I say you put 100% of yourself into getting drunk. (laughs) And it's... um, Mm, that is good. It's very smooth going down. Like you, like it's not something you need a chaser for if you want to drink it straight. <laughs> that's, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I was like, no, behave. <laughs> Wait. I'm in a fucking chat what full of said. perverts. Smooth going down. Oh. Oh, God. Uh, mm. Did you do the Ben little cat thing? Ben does. <laughs> oh, does he? <laughs> yeah. All right, Jordan, tell us your story. <laughs> Oh fuck! All right, so um, I'm gonna apologize beforehand because Kara, you're gonna do a lot of editing on this bit. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's more just because you guys know how I read long stories. It's not great, but without further ado, let's get into this fucking maniac. Nads, I mustache you as question. You actually look like Mario with the mustache. It's a me, a Mario. Legit. I think I've always said, and this is this isn't just like a old thing. This is a common thought. Being named Mario would be the best when you break up with someone because you can just say it's not you, it's a me, a Mario. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> and also, um, Jackie, I believe that means you have to have a shot now. Just as I was about to start, you interrupted. No, no, I I couldn't though, could I? Jackie's just filled up an empty vodka bottle with water. I don't drink that shit. It's not water. water. No. <laughs> Who drinks water? Yeah, they don't put enough alcohol in it. All right. <clears throat> so um, I'm. Yeah, but I need it. Yeah. It wasn't me that interrupted this time. So you saw me on the counter. It wasn't me. So about you on the sofa. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I even had her in the show. It wasn't me. You caught me on camera. It wasn't me. The marks on my shoulders. It wasn't me. And the words that I told her. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Can't remember <laughs> the next bit. Wasn't me. It wasn't me. But I got a handful of her tits. Sorry. 
My cat just woke up and she's glaring. I'm in a <laughs> She's like, how dare you do that to Shaggy? <laughs> um, yeah, so the case I'm doing today was actually assigned to me. Yes. By by a beautiful person. It's it's Kara. Assigned him a case. Well, no, I just well, said it, I would really was... like it if you could do this case. Oh. Yeah, we were talking about work and I was like, ah, oh, I, I don't know. Kara's like, you should do this one. I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> so, so now we're here. Okay, um, okay. And I, I've used a lot of, like, sauces kind of thing for this. What, what flavours? Sauces, so ranch. <laughs> okay, drink. <laughs> drink. <laughs> oh. oh. Gosh. It was in this book here. So the book is called Serial Killer Means Motive Opportunity, and it's by Ben Beeks. Ooh. Um, and it's just like a thing of a bunch of serial killers, and I was like, oh, he's in that, so I'll whack that open. Um, now, because this case is very old as well, there is a lot of grey area with the facts. So <laughs> I-, I chose to just add in a lot of what is definite in it, and then... We'll go from there. But yeah, some HH Holmes is the case we're doing. I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure I said that already, but I have an attention span of a donkey. So yeah, I'm sorry. Again. This is a genuine interruption. Um, What does HH stand for? Like, what's his full name? It's almost like I was about to say it, but that's okay. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, his full name was Herman Webster Mudgett. Where'd the other H come from? Oh, fuck yeah. knows. Is he sorry. German? And where's the homes come from? Well, the other H. <laughs> I was I was about to add that he did get married as well. So oh. I think it was from his wife Holmes because oh. he he did marry for money, secure the bag. You know, I should do. Good on him. I've always said love is dead. Get the He's money. He's a smart man. I would do the same if I had the opportunity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Saying to the girl she's next to that literally has a ring on her finger. This is how I know she's marrying me for love, though, because I got fuck all money. In fact, when we started this relationship, I was in debt. So (laughs) this is so cute. No, you had more debt. No, you had more debt. (laughs) 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 Look, Um, at the end of the day, we both ended up sharing the same amount of debt. So whatever. It worked out. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. I know. I hope I can share debt with someone one day. <laughs> oh, just like, <laughs> yeah, it would, it would just be nice to have someone to cry with, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, the one interesting tidbit I did find about this case was that it is like debated whether or not he does count as a serial killer. Oh, really? How? Yeah, Why? which I, I think it's just one of those like people like oh technically kind of bullshit things. 
because I think the term it said serial killer was someone who killed out of like the bloodlust and like actual love for murder, where he kind of started and always did it as a money thing. So it was always like for him for personal gain, never to be like, I want to kill. But then in the same breath, they also found a lot of torture stuff at hit. So I think it's just a thing that's debated and not. So was he, if I've understood this correctly, was he planning to kill his new wife? Sorry, I'm going to say it again. So was he planning to kill his new wife before they even got married? I don't think so. I think it was literally he, she had a lot of money and he was like, cool, I'm going to stay with you. We're going to have money together. Huh. Yeah. So Take a drink, by the way. Yeah. Fuck! Can it be for genuine interruptions or is it just everyone? You made the rules, Jackie. You're not changing them now. (laughs) Which is actually kind of like, it sucks for you because the interruptions are really good. (laughs) But he was, yeah, he was more known as a con artist and he's been like, um, I forgot his name, the detective who, huh? Sherlock, oh, Nadine, I have a drink. <laughs> I really misheard that. I thought she said J-Lo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, yeah, it was a detective that was um, a part of the John Wayne Gacy case, the head detective on that. He's actually used um, H.H. Holmes for a lot of his case studies and a lot of papers as well. He's known as the first serial killer in American history. When did this happen? Ah, Sorry, Nadine, when you did that, nothing but the whites of your eyes were visible just then. The, yeah. Oh, when do you, it, do it, do it. When you did your neck thing. No, you're going to screenshot, you motherfucker. No, look, hands up, hands up. No, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but my eyelids never close fully, even when I sleep, I'm told. Oh, what? What? Like I'm always they're always like a little bit open. Wow. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I guess because my eyeballs are so big. Don't want to brag, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> my eyes are you just like, like so big and sparkly. <laughs> it's just I don't know. Just so round and like out there. <laughs> God yeah. never wanted the world to not be seen my eyes, so I just okay. think I'm perfect. <laughs> no, but for cereals though, for cereals. Do your eyes not get dry? No. When my eyes close, like if I just close them like that, they'll never like fully close. Even when I go to my... Have more caffeine. Um, (laughs) Even when I I go get my eyebrows done, I like hold them down and like I consciously have to hold them because the last thing I want is for my eyebrow lady to think that I'm being exercised. Wow. Fascinating. Sorry, as you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so his childhood. <laughs> yeah, so he was a child to two very devoted religious parents. Now, that doesn't actually mean that he had a good childhood. It was actually filled with a lot of abuse from said parents in physical to mental um, to very actually like crazy forms of physical abuse he suffered. Um, there was one instance where... His dad, I think it was, would hold a fabric um, 
cloth kind of thing in kerosene over his face when he was misbehaving. Why? Because he was misbehaving and that was punishment. Doesn't kerosene make you really sick? Yeah, it's not good for you. <laughs> but I, I think that's that's where the abuse part comes in. I thought it made you really sleepy. That's cl- um, oh, shit. chloroform. Chloroform, that's it. Yeah. Oh, chloroform is what they used to use as a anaesthetic, especially during the war. But yeah, okay. Interesting. Don't think that we didn't notice that you interrupted Jacqueline. Fuck off! <laughs> okay, I'm drinking. He was not only abused by his parents, so he was also abused and bullied at school. Um, he was usually because of he was weird and bizarre. So why most kids get shit at school? But they also made fun of him because of how intelligent he seemed. Because of stuff like this, he would try and find an escape. And the way he did this is he would go into the woods. I think it was just around his neighborhood. There was like a wooded area and he would explore his interest. He found a new interest and that was murdering and mutilating a bunch of animals in the forest. He would try to perform surgery on them. Then he would just like gather them from local animals that he found around the place. Yes, Jacka Queen. (laughs) (laughs) In the first episode that we did on psychopaths, we discussed that triad, Nads, you mentioned. The McDonald triad. Yeah, that's where they've got like bedwetting, um, one of them I think was animal abuse, and what was the other one? Arson. Arson. Um, mm, well, he actually yeah. gets a bit of arson in him as well. So. Oh, so he's already got two of those traits. Yeah, he wow. he, he does. He does like to play with the old flame every now and then. I'd be interested to see, like, for every case that we do that is a quote unquote serial killer, how many of them growing up displayed like symptoms of uh, mm. would you call call them symptoms or traits from this triad anyway just traits i guess but um mm. yeah it's one of those things that are common enough i guess that <laughs> make notes of it um obviously stuff like the killing animals and everything like that i don't think it's one of those old kids being kids thing Jeez. it's like mm. I, there's a whole thing I don't know if you guys heard it. I heard it like growing up with school, um, especially being like the weird horror kid. I was like, oh, you like skeletons? You want to see inside stuff? And I was like, no, nah, I, just, I just like spooky shit. And they're like, oh, no, they're just kids asking weird questions. But um, he actually did it. So not not good for him. I, I don't recommend it. Um, and then this is just a little side note. Alleged that he also did kill a childhood playmate of his as a kid. What? Yeah, so that's just a little side note. How, when, and why? I think they were just playing and then it got out of hand and he allegedly killed him. Um, so, look, not, not the greatest start to life. I think? can think of a couple better. You know, puzzles are pretty good. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily kill a friend. Tea party with my nan was a personal favourite. Oh, uh, <laughs> I still have those. <laughs> They're great. I used to play Ghostbusters with mine. <laughs> Ghostbusters, like like with the vacuum and shit. Yeah, she lived in a two story like bungalow thing, and I used to pretend to be hunting ghosts in a bungalow. <sighs> but that must oh, be God. nice to still have um tea parties with your nana. 
Yeah, well, I mean, we don't like sit at a small table, like like with little toys and stuff. It's more just like she's like, "You want a tea?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll have a tea." Well, I remember my nan used to make little toffee, and we used to, she. I remember she used to cook it fresh all the time on the stove with the sugar, and wait till it got to a certain point, and then she put them in the little patty cans. And without fail, we go to sit outside at this little, tiny little table with my sister. And every like five minutes, you would have to move because the toffee would be in the sun and start to melt. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I loved cute, it. Though. <laughs> that sounds really cute. <laughs> uh, one of my most fondest memories of my nan. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that light note, let's get into the shit show this is. Okay. <laughs> so he um grew up, he did all that. Um now growing up he did find himself attending the University of Michigan. Um he was a medical student. Um so yeah, he went to university, he got a job as a pharmacist, and it was alleged that after is um when he started killing, he built a house across the street from the drugstore he worked at, and it uh later became known as the murder castle. Um, he added a third floor and he told supplies and investors that's where he was going to turn it into a hotel um, for the uh, World Columbian Exposition. That is a fair event to mark the 400th anniversary of Christopher Columbus going to the US of A. Oh, wow. Ah. Yeah. So that was another thing I found actually interesting is he's known as the first serial killer in America. But then if it was if it was 400 years... I was, I was like, mate, is this just like the first recorded serial killer, maybe? The 1891 was when he started the crime. Oh, so that's 100 years ago, 130 years ago. Oh, 400. Yeah, that's uh, when Christopher Columbus 400 anniversary. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a shit show tonight. But you know what? Every time I picture like the H.H. Holmes stuff, I picture it as American Horror Story did it. Which was more like H.H. Um, H. Holmes was like part of the hotel that they based on the Seesaw Hotel. So I picture H.H. Holmes. I've only Holmes. seen up to season four. Oh, that was like such a good series. I need to rewatch it because I don't even remember it now. But yeah, anyway, yeah. that's how I picture it. Like Art Deco, which of course it wasn't at all because it was 130 years ago. Oh my God. Meghan Markle is a descendant of H.H. H. Holmes. What? I'm not even joking. Wow. So Gee. according to a new documentary, I don't know how old this article is. I'm just because I was trying to Google H.H. H. Holmes. Hey, they are eighth cousins. Wow. That's crazy. Isn't Take that a drink. Eighth cousins. Fascinating. <laughs> that is crazy. Anyway. Yes. What are you laughing at? Car is just like ah drink like quietly. In the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what he told people it was for. Um, he did have secret passages built into the castle, murder castle. He had soundproof rooms, trap doors that could only be locked from the outside. Also had uh, gas jets. To how do you say this? Um, when you choke on gas, asphyxiate. Yeah, 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 that that word, big word. As, say ass. Ass. Fix. Fix. E eight. E eight. Asphyxiate. 
Asphyxiate. Oh, hooked on phonics with Jackie. This is fun. I got my ass fixed earlier. Right. <laughs> you got a phonics class with me. You've got take it too far with Kara and then the, what the fuck with Jordan. <laughs> and the hair and Nadzi's in. Yeah. Nad, Nadzi's like first year apprentice for hairdressing. She's like the popular schoolgirl who has like perfect hair all the time. In the back of class when they're trying to learn. She's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. God, I don't... stop it, guys. <laughs> he also did have a um kiln built in there where it was like alleged that that's where he would cremate bodies of his victims. So um, all for the ho- uh, hotel portion was never truly compu- uh, completed. It was still um intended for the hotel, actually, though it did have a bunch of hidden rooms in it. And in those rooms... The only thing that was left there was furniture that he would store that he didn't pay for because it was another scheme because he was a very big con artist. Um, He was more known for being a con artist than anything else, I think. Like, he's known as a serial killer, but he's done a lot more fraud than anything. So hmm. he, he wasn't a good guy. I'll give you that. So, yes, that's what he'll do with those bedrooms. Just get furniture on credit, not pay for the furniture, hide the furniture. Um, now, during the World Columbian Exposition, um, he would try... So if he bought furniture on credit but then hid the furniture, why would he buy the furniture if he wasn't able to use the furniture? That just seems counterproductive. Because it was part of a fraud thing. I think he was in- intending to sell it on or just, like, have it for the hotel. Oh, uh, I see. Okay, I'm with you. All right, carry on. Sorry. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Should be better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. For no reason. <laughs> All right. Uh, where's my notes? All right. Well, we should see. stop interrupting you. Either or. No, no. Look, it, 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 the interrupting actually helps me more than uh, you'd think. Because I will let you know, while reading this, and this is to anyone listening as well, I am shitting myself every time. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. You don't need to, Geordie. No, not literally, love. Like, it's you know, just... <laughs> love? You just loved me? I read it. Yeah. Um... You I was... read? <laughs> Just because of what you said, I read a um, Reddit post earlier today and it was this person, they wrote, um, I did an online, I had an online exam the other day and once you finished the exam, you had to wait for the rest of the class to be finished before you could get off the actual call. And they were like, and I finished and I really needed to go to the bathroom. So I ended up just shitting myself in the in the video call and sitting in my own shit for the rest of the two hours. I saw this oh, one. That's so I, bad. Why do they make them wait? I don't know. See, a real anyway, like that was my shit shit conversation no. for the episode. There's always fucking one, hey. <laughs> a real like alpha Chad mood would have just been to like done the exam on the toilet. Yeah. Just green screen mm. it so you can't tell that it's a toilet. No, fuck it. If they want you to do it on there, then you can they can be there. I suppose sharing is caring. 
right? Mm. Um, <clears throat> so here we are. So um, during this, he would try and he would successfully get engaged to multiple women so that he can take control of their life insurance policies. Then he would kill them and he would do a lot of that kind of stuff. So it was always a means to an end to get money. Another thing he would do as well is he would um grave dig and he would sell the bodies to like local medical schools and whatnot. Oh my god. That's another way to get money. Yeah. I mean <laughs> no questions and I guess got asked. I think that was a common thing at the time though. Like unmarked bodies did get like sold to a lot of medical schools. Yeah, it's I think a, bit, a lot of the time back yeah. then people couldn't afford to, you know, pay for a funeral or whatever, especially if it was in, you know, a bad part of town or whatever. And people died young and unexpectedly back then a lot. So Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that was a lot of it. And then also, um, you know, your your Jane Doe's and stuff like that as well, I guess. So that would play a big part in it. Um, he was later arrested, but he was arrested for committing insurance fraud. And there was a fire at the castle that he didn't cause. I'm saying that legally because now that I learned that he has an ancestor. A powerful ancestor at that. Yes, yes, a very <laughs> powerful one. Do you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to say it. I actually love Meghan Markle. And I think the last couple of weeks that she's been in England, the media have been absolute cunts towards her, just at her for every single thing she's done and for no good reason. That's Was my it? two cents. The thing is it, it takes away from what everyone's actually there for anyway yeah and what they don't realize they were there for three days or what was meant to be three or four days of charity stuff turned out to be 17 days of fucking hell but they still stayed and they still put up with it oh sorry it just gets me angry like you don't have to like her but you have to respect her because she's part of the monarchy now anyway that's just my two cents (laughs) sure (laughs) okay i'll drink (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um. So he did have a friend that he did a lot of these crimes with, named Ben Pritzel. Um. They did a lot of schemes together. One was where they would fake their death and then claim life insurance on that. Um. This was after he released from prison, but also beforehand, because he honestly wasn't in prison for that long of a time. I did look and I couldn't find a time span, but everything did say it was a very short sentence. Holmes and uh, Pritzel would travel around America committing multiple crimes of fraud. And um, in doing so, there was a lot of theft. There was a couple of occasions, I think, where he stole a horse. Um, then eventually they did get caught and they both got sentenced to jail as well. Um, so they did meet someone while they were in jail. Um, his name was Marion Hegspeth. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's spelled H-E-D. G-E-P-E-T-H, so Hedgepeth. And um, he actually became very good friends with the two of them. Um, He would later on help them with their schemes and help them plan out different new ideas as well. Pritzel um, was released and then he would actually move to Philadelphia and open up an office where he would use to swindle more people. Um, In a short amount of time after, Holmes was released as well and he also did make his way to Philadelphia. Holmes would actually go to Philadelphia for a specific reason. He did actually plan on killing Ben 
to claim his real life insurance policy, and he did track him down there. I guess I guess it wouldn't have been too hard to actually track him down if he had an office and everything as well. I don't I don't know, but yeah, that happened. So Holmes would actually tell Pritzel's wife that he was hiding in London. And that they faked their death for another scheme because Prince's wife did know all about the schemes. And later on, he would worry that some of the children would get wise and start looking around indignant. So he actually conducted a little plan with the children where he would kill some of them. What the fuck? Sorry. What the fuck? Yeah. So he's a child murderer as well. Or did he not actually yeah. go through with it? No, no, he killed of three story. of them. Oh, yeah. I guess he killed his friend. And... Alleged. What the fuck? <laughs> Allegedly. Um, yeah. This is when he's an adult. He killed three of the five children. I will give a, a little uh, trigger warning, I guess, for how he killed them because they are quite graphic even for him. They get very gnarly, really. So after lying about it, they were going to plan to flee the country, make their way to Canada. And he convinced uh, Pritzel's wife that he would take three of the kids and she would take the other two. And that him and Pritzel were moving along the way or that Pritzel was already there. So the way he killed one of them, he killed a boy and two girls. The way he killed the boy was by drugging him. He got the drugs from his writing out a script being the pharmacist. After he drugged him, he mutilated his body, cut it up with his knives um, just after he sharpened them, especially for that. Then he would burn the body and store it within a chimney of a cottage that they were staying in, making their way through. This prick is absolutely brutal by the sounds. Yeah, look, I don't know many serial killers that aren't brutal, but he's definitely up there. Mm. For the other two, he forced the two girls into a trunk. They were naked. He made a hole into the trunk where he put a hose through at the other end of the hose. He attached it to a gas tank and would turn it on to asphyxiate the girls. After that, he would actually bury their bodies naked in a cellar in Canada. And that's how he disposed of those ones. He'd also chop them up. and what an absolute piece of shit, honestly. Yeah, it did look like he actually had um, quite the thing for mutilation, especially with um, the... We, we still need to say alleged because mm. a lot of them were never proven, but it's one of those you can't really prove it anymore, things. Yeah. Um, they found, like, a lot of torture shit, and especially when they did the raid, they found just some horrendous stuff, um, some of which Nads probably spoke about last week. Really. Oh, wow. But, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great. He, um, that's how he killed the children. All the meanwhile, a detective Frank guy was assigned to investigate homes and the missing children. He would find the body of the girls in the cellar of the home first. Um, the detective would write this after he found the bodies. The deeper we dug, the more horrible the odor became. And when we reached the depths of the three feet, we discovered what appeared to be the bone of a forearm of a human being. The detective would also go to the cottage after that in Indianapolis and discover the remains of the boy just through the hunting and the clues I would find. Um, so that's actually how he started the investigation on the hint. A fun little tidbit, though. I say fun. This case is very fun. 
he wasn't actually originally assigned to look for the missing children or anything. He was assigned based on the horse theft that I mentioned earlier. What the hell? So that's why he was being investigated because of like a lot of the horse theft and everything to do with that. Let me get this straight. Three children go missing and in his care and they don't bat an eyelid, but something happens to a horse and they go and pounce on it. Yeah, well, he, he did the horse before he even took the children. So I think it's more of they started with that and then they just happened to find right. this afterwards. Okay. That's um, fucked up. It's very fucked up. It's very fucked up. Um, it was alleged that Holmes did kill over 200 people. That's what people think at the moment. However, wow. he did admit to 27 murders when he got arrested. But he's 20... not a serial killer. No, no, not at all. Mm. Um, the funny thing is, though, <laughs> I, I don't know. He was a genius, per se. But a bunch of the people he said he killed were alive. What? So he was like, he was like uh, I killed this person. And they're like, what? No, you didn't. Um, I'm alive. So did he just say that for like notoriety or I don't, I don't I think it might have been or he what? might have got the names mixed up. What the hell? But yeah, he, he he um he was like I killed these people and then a bunch of them were like we're not dead. You didn't do it. So weird. So after the discovery of the bodies and he was arrested, they did go to the murder castle area and everything to try and find some of evidence because the place he burnt before obviously it was down so they're like we'll go there and have a look they found multiple torture devices uh in a lot of rooms but they couldn't find any evidence no i don't even know if they had blood or anything on them it just said nothing was found there and then he was actually found guilty for the murder of his friend ben pritzel not the actual kids so yeah um this one i know it is a little bit all over the place but I only wanted to put in the stuff that I actually had hard proof on because obviously it being a very old case, there is a lot of, oh, this is just bullshit or this can never be clarified. Yeah, you don't want to do what I do and just get your information from Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that's a little definite fact by fact of H.H. H. Holmes. Mm. So, yeah. I will say I'm still trying to get used to these long-form research ones. I will get better, but yes. No, dude, it was really interesting. And thank you for taking on my recommendation because I, out of all of, like, the kind of old-timey, like, first, I guess, defined serial killers, like, you know, you've got, like, obviously H.H. H. Holmes, Jack the Ripper, they're, like, the most... Uh, renowned, like yeah, like renowned, uh, like notorious um, of, of them. Renowned serial killer. Well, in the field, if you will. You know what I mean. Like, world renowned yeah. for his killings. Yeah. Oh, Did you guys hear God. the like there was um the theory of Jack the Ripper that he actually moved to Australia and he was one of the serial killers from Australia at the time afterwards. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think I've heard that as well. Yeah. So, Nadine, what do you have mm. for us? Starts playing a song on the piano. 
<laughs> What do you have for us? <laughs> Sing us a song, you <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I actually just came across a Reddit thread. I don't think that any of the things are, are real that I'm about to go into, but I thought they were really interesting. So the the subreddit's called No Sleep. Oh. Um, and yeah, they're kind of creepy. Yeah, Nads, so, I'm gonna say I'm very proud of you lately. Yeah. Yeah, I'm healing. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, with so your mic story. up like that, I always think you're about to take a camera, like a photo, because it looks like oh. a camera from this side. Do you not think? Sorry, Nads. Have a drink, please. Have a drink. <laughs> she interrupted. She needs to have a drink. Oh. <laughs> okay, so on this subreddit, there was um, basically lots of people have spoken about this story. So it may be, it may be one that people have heard of, but I know that well, I'm pretty sure you guys haven't. Um, anyway, it's called the Peking Wife. My Peking Wife. Was it Kara? So, <laughs> um, it's a bit of a long one, so bear with me. My wife has been peeking at me from around corners and behind furniture. It's gone from weird to terrifying. My wife, <laughs> Lynn, and I have been together for six years and married for 11 months. Our entire history together has been very normal and never once have I noticed any weird behaviours or red flags. I can't stress enough how out of character this whole thing is for her. Lynn is very kind, intelligent, and thoughtful. She's always been the no-nonsense type of person. Um, being childish or trying to scare me is not something she'd normally do. What the hell? She, does, she doesn't even like watching horror movies. When we first started dating, she agreed to watch The Shining with me because she knew how much I loved horror. She was so scared that she didn't even make it through half the movie before we had to turn it off. She isn't into anything creepy and has never been into pranks. It's just not her cup of tea, and that's fine. But that's what was so strange about this. It's so unlike her. I should also add that she never had any mental health issues and as far as I'm aware, it doesn't run in her family. I know some people are able to hide their mental health problems, but in the six years we've been together, I think I'd have seen some sort of sign. So two months ago, I was in the kitchen making myself some coffee before work. I was running a bit late that morning and knew I wouldn't be able to make it to Dunkin' Donuts for my usual morning fix. I took a sip of my coffee as I hurried down the hall towards the front door when I happened to notice Lynn peeking at me from around the corner ahead of me. I could only see her eyes and a strand of her long dark hair hanging against the wall. The rest of her body was concealed behind the corner. I nearly spilled my coffee when I saw her. I did burn the shit out of my lips. Jeez, Lynn, I said, wiping a few drops of coffee from my pants. You scared the shit out of me. She immediately popped out of view like a little kid that had been caught. I heard her scurry off towards the living room 
and by the time I got to the front door, she was out of sight. This is creeping me the fuck out. I'm not even joking. What no, the no, fuck? Why? No, no, it, I'm getting like is. Eliza Lamb vibes. Oh, no, you just made it 10 times worse. That's what I've been thinking about the entire time. I'm not even joking. Someone just walked over my grave. I'm like, this is really creeping me out. No, I like that. He said a little scurry because I just picture her and like all four going like. (laughs) 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 I'm, I call it doppelganger. That's what I'm saying. Oh, oh, like the, you've seen us? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like us. So good. Yeah. So it was really weird and totally out of character for her, like I said. But I also found it kind of funny that she was being more playful and less serious. I shouted that I loved her and called her a weirdo as I shut the door behind me. I heard her laughing. Her behavior was a bit odd, but it certainly wasn't something to call a priest over. I forgot about it by lunch and by the time I got home, she was her normal self. I didn't bring it up and neither did she and life went on. The next incident happened three days later. It was around 2am and I had woken up to get a drink. I was standing at the kitchen island, jug of OJ in hand, when I felt a strong feeling that I was being watched. For whatever reason, I looked down at the floor and I saw my wife's smiling face staring back. She was peeking peeking at me from the other side of the island staring up at me with wide unblinking eyes and grinning grinning like the cheshire cat cheshire cat what the fuck this is like something jackie would do i (laughs) i think she sounds fun like (laughs) i screamed i'll admit it not out of irrational not out of irrational but fear for some reason, at that moment, I was scared. Sorry, what's irrational butt feel? I don't know. <laughs> irrational butt feel. <laughs> it's a fear of butts. <laughs> at the sound of my scream, Lynn scuttled back, <laughs> backwards, out of out of my view. Her hands and feet smacking the tile floor as she hurried out of the kitchen on all fours. Oh my god, she actually I... was on all fours. Who said that just before? Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't run after her or even yell after her. I just stood there frozen in shock. What the fuck possessed her to do that? Oh, I want to be a friend. It took me a little longer than I'd like to admit to go back upstairs, but I eventually did. When I got to our bedroom, Lynn was lying on her side asleep or at least pretending to be. I stood there for a while watching her breathing to make sure she really was asleep. I had the feeling she might jump out at me the moment I got into bed, but she didn't. I climbed into bed and she didn't even move. Her breathing was soft and deep and I was starting to wonder if I dreamt the whole thing. The next morning I waited for her to come down for coffee and after handing her a mug and kissing her cheek, I decided to ask her about it. What was that about last night? I asked, keeping my tone light so I didn't offend or embarrass her. She frowned over her cup. <laughs> she frowned over her cup of coffee, shaking her head like she had no clue what I was referring to. You were peeking at me again from over there, I said, pointing to the spot on the floor by the kitchen island. 
She followed my gaze and when she looked back at me, she burst out laughing. She laughed so hard that I couldn't help but join her. You creep me the fuck out sometimes, you know that? I said. (laughs) She giggled and set her cup down on the counter, wrapped her arms around my neck. You creep me out all the time, so I guess we're even, she teased. We said our goodbyes and left for work. As I drove, I kept thinking about how creepy it had been seeing her grinning at me from behind the island like that. The sounds her hands made on the floor as she crawled away. I told myself she was just trying to be silly, but trying to join me in my love of all things horror. It's not like I was afraid of her, but it still didn't sit right with me. I started seeing her peeking at me more and more. Sometimes she'd be peeking out from behind the couch or living room curtains. Once she even managed to get inside her grandmother's old trunk that sits at the foot of our bed. (laughs) So she sounds so cool. This is really (laughs) weird, but yeah, really funny. I want to be friends with her. Of course you do. That's, of course hey, you do. Our first guest. <laughs> Let's have a doppelganger on the show. She sounds cool. Mm. Until she kills you. Ah, uh, you know, you got to take the good with the bad sometimes. <laughs> Lesser of two evils. Yeah. Mm. I might not have even noticed, I might not have even known she was there at all had the trunk's old hinges not given her away. She'd had the lid popped up just enough so that only half of her face peeked through. She'd been grinning like an excited toddler. It was unnerving. I didn't even know what to say to her. All I could do was stare. When I finally found my voice, I asked her why on earth she was doing this. She didn't answer, but she had slowly closed the lid shutting herself inside the trunk. I just walked away feeling disturbed. I didn't understand why she was doing it, but it clearly made her happy. I just hoped she would tire of the game quickly. Lynn didn't peek at me for the next two weeks. I started to think she was done with her weird prank and I was so relieved. We were watching a show on Netflix one night and I jokingly said that I haven't seen her peeking at me lately and that she must have given up on her spy game. She looked up at me with a small smile and said, maybe I've just gotten better at it. Sorry, what the hell? Oh, I love her. I didn't (laughs) say anything, but I wondered whether or not she was joking. These bitches are playing the best mind games ever. (laughs) For For the next few days, I couldn't stop thinking about what she'd said. Was she still peeking at me and I wasn't looking and I hadn't noticed? And if so, what the hell was she getting out of this? I started to feel paranoid, constantly checking whether she was watching from around the corner or behind the door. I was jumpy whenever I was home and she wasn't in full view of me. I felt stupid and a little crazy. But after a few weeks without an incident, I began to relax. I stopped checking behind furniture and walls and told myself it was just a bad memory. Then a few days ago, things got so much worse. How? Yes. Juicy. Lynn left to go to a friend's and I lounged on the couch and played a couple of games on my laptop, i.e. Pornhub. I was just about to say, it's just (laughs) had a wank. (laughs) My man. 
Um, nothing wrong with that. You do you, boo. <laughs> yeah. Good on him. Around 9 p.m., I hopped in the shower, and as I was washing the soap from my hair, I felt that awful feeling that I was being watched. I slowly opened my eyes and almost had a fucking heart attack. Lynn was peeking from behind the shower curtain. <gasps> but she wasn't her home. Her entire you, you, head stretched into girl. the shower, leaving just her body outside. Her long, dark hair hung against the curtain, the ends dripping with water, her mouth open in a terrible grin. Sorry, I just have to say that is actually one of my just, like, worst fears, like, in the shower, especially when you're the only person in the house yeah. and you've yeah. got, like, your eyes, like, you can't open them because you're washing your hair or something. Yes. Yeah, fucking hell. And actually, someone I knew... I actually think it was someone from the coffee shop. Anyway, they were telling me about a story how one day they were in the shower and while they were in the shower, there was a home invasion and their housemates had to like deal with all of this drama, but they had no idea because they were in the shower. Sorry, Nads, continue. No, you're right. Her mouth hung open in a terrible grin, eyes wide and red as if she hadn't blinked in a while. I screamed and jumped back against the wall. She didn't move, nor did she smile, nor did her smile waver. Apologies. Her makeup ran down her cheeks in two black streaks. She looked giddy and completely deranged. I was fucking terrified. We stood like that for a few moments with neither of us saying a word. Finally, after what felt like forever, she slowly pulled her head back out of the shower and I watched a blurry figure through the curtain as she moved backwards towards the bathroom door. A second later, the bathroom door slammed shut, hard enough to rattle the mirror. I screamed again and jumped out of the shower to lock the door. I stayed inside the bathroom for over an hour. Maybe... I overreacted to some of you, but joke or not, I wasn't going to put up with this crazy shit anymore. That's what I kept telling myself as I paced in my bathroom, stopping to listen at the door every few minutes. Suddenly, I heard a muffled sound and I pressed my ear against the bathroom door, straining to listen. I couldn't hear anything, but I envisioned Lynn standing on the other side giggling at her joke. I felt a surge of anger. I was beyond pissed at being made to feel scared in my own house and made to hide in the bathroom for an hour. All for what? Some joke? If it was a joke, it was an awful one. What the fuck, Lynn? I snapped. This shit is, is getting really fucking annoying. I waited for her to apologize or to call me a jerk, but instead I heard a faint moan. So quiet, I wondered if I heard it at all. And then complete silence. I'm so fucking invested in this story right now. I would like to say, well, I, I have been giggling and thinking Lynn's fun. Lynn, if he's not liking it, it's not good. <laughs> if it's a weird man like me who's like, oh, she's been a creepy bitch, I love it, go for it. <laughs> but but frankly, this isn't okay. Sorry, Ned's I would I would definitely be out of there, just saying. <laughs> you could have um, left after the first peep. I would have gotten that yeah. marriage annulled. Yeah. <laughs> Lynn, I called out, not being able to even hide the shakiness in my voice. I got no response, just my own heavy breathing. I swear to God, just fucking stop it, I yelled, pounding my fist on the door. 
I waited for her to cuss me out, something I would expect from me talking to her like that. I never screamed at her before, but there was nothing, just the occasional drip from the shower head. I won't deny that I was scared, too afraid to open the damn door and face my own wife. I waited another 30 minutes or so, which feels like a fucking lifetime when you're scared. Finally, I decided I wasn't going to spend the night hiding in my bathroom. So I got down on my knees and peered under the door. I almost expected to see her face peeking back at me, but thankfully I didn't. I could see straight down the hallway to the top of the stairs, but no Lynn. I didn't know if I should be happy about that or not. I looked for a few minutes, waiting to see her head pop up over the top step, but it never came. I stood up, my hand hovering over the door and mentally prepared myself to open it. I slowly turned the lock with shaky fingers and was about to yank it open when I heard a sound that still makes me feel nauseous when I think about it. A moan, louder than before, but this time I was able to tell just where it was coming from. I turned my head to the closet door as if in slow motion and locked eyes with my wife who was peeking out at me from the slight, gla- slight gap. No. Nah. Fuck that. Fuck, she was uh, She was in the bathroom the whole time. Her eyes were still wide as ever and her mouth was hanging open in the most grotesque gaping smile I'd ever seen. I didn't even scream. I was too scared for even that. Her hands were clasped to her chest, body trembling with sheer delight, as if she could barely contain her excitement. A short raspy moan bubbled from her throat, deep and raw, sending a shiver through my entire body. Somehow, I found the ability to pull the bathroom door open and ran as fast as I could all the way down the stair. <laughs> that, wait, so if she was in the bathroom, he said he heard a faint moan outside the door. Yeah, it was um the closet that he heard it from. I think her friend's in on this. Look at Nadine. She's like, ha, 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 I have the answer. (laughs) Somehow I found the ability to pull the bathroom door open and ran as fast as I could all the way down the steps, snagging my keys and phone from the table in the living room before running outside to my car. I could hear her shrill laughter behind me, but I didn't hear her getting closer. I didn't bother to shut the front door. I drove away from the house faster than I legally should have, shivering the entire time, either from fear or the cold, maybe a little of both. I hadn't grabbed a coat or even a pair of shoes. (laughs) I didn't grab my shoes or nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was still in my boxes and my hair was still damp. I I drove straight to my brother Chris's house, about 40 minutes away. Ignoring any and every call and text I got, I didn't check my phone until I was safely parked in my brother's driveway. Lynn had called four times and sent a flurry of texts, all wondering where I'd gone and why I'd left like that. I threw my phone at the dash in rage, furious at her nonchalant attitude. My brother and his wife were surprised to see me, especially dressed in just a pair of boxes, but (laughs) told me to stay as long as I needed. Chris lent me some clothes and asked me what happened. I told him that Lynn and I had a fight, but didn't get into details. I didn't want him to think I was overreacting 
leaving my wife over a prank, even if it was a strange one. Hadn't I encouraged her for years to lighten up instead of being so serious all the time? I had wanted her to relax and loosen up, but this was definitely not what I had in mind. I tried to sleep on their sofa, but my brain wouldn't let me sleep. Every time I closed my eyes, I saw Lynn's face staring at me from inside the closet. Don't want to close my <laughs> eyes. Don't want to fall asleep. Because I see I'm... your face. <laughs> Do you remember my mind? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I'm picturing. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, it's, he's fucking married. It's my funny mind. because a lot of the comments um, on this, people wrote, this literally makes me think of Momo. Yeah. Um, I tried to sleep on their sofa, but my brain wouldn't let me sleep. Every time I closed my eyes, I saw Lynn's face staring at me from inside the closet. Knowing she'd been in there with me the entire time made my skin crawl. She'd never even left the fucking bathroom at all. Instead, she slipped inside the closet and slammed the bathroom door shut to fool me. The mere thought of going back home gave me anxiety. I tossed and turned, unable to sleep. Chris ended up giving me a sleeping pill so I was able to get a little rest. My sleep was filled with terrible dreams, all of Lynn's smiling face. I woke up just as the sun started to rise. My sore body ached (laughs) from the sofa and I felt drained. I knew I'd have to call Lynn at some point, but I didn't know what to say to her. I wouldn't be going home unless she gave me her word she'd never do any more creepy shit. I just want my wife back. Her normal, serious self never looked so good to me. I was contemplating calling her and telling her that when that familiar feeling came over me. I was being no. Are you joking? What the fuck? I love Nad's smile right now. (laughs) I was being watched. I was staring at the ceiling, my heart in my throat. I didn't want to look away, but the longer I ignored it, worse it got. My eyes drifted from the ceiling almost on their own. Her face was pressed up against the window beside the couch. Oh! Staring down at me with the same gaping smile. Drool dribbled down her lips, leaving two long streaks down the glass. I didn't know how long she'd been there, but something told me she'd been there for a while, possibly all night. I didn't bother screaming, though I was afraid. Anger trumped any fear I felt at that moment. I jumped up from the couch and pounded by pounded my palm against the glass. Are you crazy? What the hell is wrong with you? Just go home, I shouted. Now. She didn't move and her ghastly expression never changed. If anything, her smile only grew, as if she had been more elated. I could hear Chris and his wife moving around upstairs as if Lynn could hear them from her place outside her head twitched slightly in their direction and she began to close her mouth slowly chris called my name from upstairs obviously concerned i turned to see him and his wife rebecca hurrying down the steps when i turned back to the window lynn was gone the only sign she'd been there at all was two streaks of drool still dripping down the glass 
Are you guys still with me? Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I think Kara is passing. So, out. no, no, no. I'm listening. I'm, I'm so invested. I'm, I'm, I'm shook. Yeah, honey, I've never left. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I tried explaining to Chris and Rebecca about waking up to see Lynn watching me through their window. They were skeptical. Who wouldn't be? Chris and I went outside to the spot in front of the window, but there were no footprints in the dirt, just a slight indent, animal probably. Chris guessed and I didn't argue. He and Rebecca assumed I dreamt the entire episode, but they didn't understand and I was too tired to explain it to them. I called out of work that day and turned my cell off. I didn't want to face Lynn. Just talking to her was too much for me at that point. I really started to believe something was irreversibly wrong with her. She sounds possessed. Yeah. No matter what promises she made, we'd never be the same again. The thought saddened me to my core. I cried most of the morning. By noon, I figured I was ready to confront her, give her one last chance to explain herself. I could at least give her that after six years, I told myself. I turned my phone on and saw the dozens of texts she'd sent, all from a seemingly concerned wife. Can we talk? I love you. Please call me. I'm really worried. Can you answer? Just come home. What? And more of the same. All texts telling me she loved me and she wanted me home, how, she, how worried she was. Not a damn one addressing the crazy shit she pulled. Like she hadn't been acting like a character from a Stephen King book. Even her texts were different. She normally texted novels just to tell me to pick up a loaf of bread. You'd think she'd have more to say to me after her bizarre shenanigans. I know it probably seems childish to some of you who are miles away from the situation, but... If you saw the way Lynn had looked at me, how she scampered away on all fours like some wild animal, grinning at me from the inside of the closet like a lunatic, then I think you'd find my reaction was warranted. I ended up uh, staying with Chris and Rebecca for another night. I didn't wake up yesterday until afternoon, and thankfully I didn't see Lynn's face watching me through the window. Thank fuck. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to pry because it's not my place, but is this fight something that can be mended? Rebecca asked. She'd made us both a sandwich for lunch and I knew she wanted to breach the subject without seeming too nosy. I don't know. I just, she's like a different person, I said, choosing my words carefully. I still wasn't ready for her or Chris to know the full extent of the batshit craziness I had been dealing with. People change, Ben. But she's still the same woman you married. Maybe you both just need to talk through your issues. Whatever's going on, I'm sure it can be fixed, she said. Eek. I think it's beyond that now. I don't think talking will help. I just don't trust her. The words stung in my heart. I missed and loved my wife. But how could I live someone like how could I live with someone like that? How can I live without you? I want to know. Sorry. Living in constant fear didn't sound too appealing. Lynn loves you. She has to be absolutely crushed, she said. 
I don't know about that, I said. Well, she certainly seemed like it to me. I've never seen her so so upset, very much unlike the Lynn I know, Rebecca said, shaking her head slowly. It took a full minute for her words to really sink in, and when they did, I felt dread worming its way through my skin. Wait, what do you mean? You saw her? You saw Lynn? I asked. My mouth suddenly dry. Rebecca nodded casually as if that fact wasn't nightmare fuel. Maybe for her it wasn't. She stopped by this morning just after Chris left for work. She said, cleaning the plates from the table. I didn't see her car though. Maybe she took an Uber or something. Beck, what did you say? Did, did she come inside? I asked, sweat starting to break out on my forehead. I began looking around, examining corners as though a predator lurked behind them. No, she just asked if you were awake yet and I said that you weren't. I asked if she wanted me to wake you, but she said no, just said to let you sleep. That's all. She didn't say anything else, I asked. No, she looked awful though, like she hadn't slept in days. I think you should call her. I got up from the table and thanked Rebecca for lunch. I felt a little better at the knowledge that at least she hadn't come inside. Still, I needed to double check that the doors were locked. I sat for a while trying to figure out what to do next. I didn't want to go home, but I felt that I owed owed it to Lynn to help her if I could. Hadn't I swore an oath to love and honour her through sickness and in health? Clearly, she was very sick. If she was sick, which I truly believe she was, I had to try and get her the help she needed. But I didn't even know where to start. I didn't want to call the police, and besides, what the hell was I going to tell them? That my life, that my wife was peeking at me and that she was being creepy? <laughs> as bizarre... <laughs> As bizarre as she'd been, she still hadn't committed any crime. Not yet, anyway. The police would have probably said I was overreacting. But this wasn't some prank. It felt wrong, dangerous even. Like some sinister, like something sinister lurked beneath her smile. I knew as her husband I was well within my rights to have her committed, but... What if she simply acted normal in their presence? She'd obviously been able to fool Rebecca into thinking she was just a concerned wife. As long as the doctors didn't find her a danger to herself or others, they'd have no choice but to release her after 72 hours. I felt lost and overwhelmed. So I did what any husband in my position would do. I called her mother. I didn't want to, believe me. Her mother, Marianne, and I were never on the best of terms. We'd never fought or anything like that. She just wasn't a very warm person and wasn't really easy to get along with. She hardly ever smiled, and when she did, only her lips would move into a thin-lipped smile, <laughs> leaving her eyes. Why is it so hard for people to get on with their mother-in-laws? I don't understand the stigma behind that. I don't know. I get on with your mum. I get on with your mum. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, I get on with your mum. I get on with your mum. <laughs> Cara the other day was like um, talking about a situation that happened between an ex-friend of mine and my mum on Facebook and Cara got all defensive. This incident happened, you know, a couple of months ago and Cara was like, <laughs> 
your mum is my mama. Like, no one says anything mm. to her. Like, <laughs> it was really cute. Um, I think we're nearly done, by the way. I know this is a long story. I'm, I really like it. I'm fully invested. I don't even mind that it's long. No, yeah. it's so good. Cool. Um, okay. Her mother, Marianne, and I were never on the best of terms. We'd never fought or anything like that. She just wasn't a very warm person and wasn't really easy to get along with. She hardly ever smiled, and when she did, only her lips would move into a thin-lipped smile, leaving her eyes as blank as before. She gave off this aura that felt like she was permanently on the offensive. I'd only met her twice, and both times were such short visits. I got the impression... She didn't approve of me for her daughter. Lynn always ushered us out quickly as she didn't want me to feel uncomfortable, which I was grateful for. Being in her mother's company felt almost unbearable, like walking on glass. I was glad when we moved three states away so we didn't have to see her as often. I was happy to avoid the woman, but I really needed her help. I really didn't want to talk to her at all, but I had to talk to someone and someone who knew Lynn better than I did. So I gripped my teeth and I did what I had to. Yes, she answered, already sounding irritated. Marianne, it's me, Ben. Do you have a minute to talk? <laughs> Sorry, I have to laugh. <laughs> yes, she answered, already sounding irritated. Like, you can just hear it, can't you? Like, the way that yeah. she answered. <laughs> she said yes with the hatred of a thousand Christmas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, the eye roll is everything. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and the scoff. Yes. <laughs> um, I will say, he's a fantastic writer. Like, yeah. He's, yeah. he's really good. Yeah. Well, like I said, I this, I don't know that this is real, um, but it was just a very eerie story. So, okay. Marianne, it's me, Ben. Do you have a minute to talk? I asked. I could hear her cluck, her tongue in irritation. I'm in the middle of writing some checks, but if you insist, I suppose I can spare a minute. What is it that you want to discuss, Benjamin? <laughs> it's about Lynn. Oh, the full name comes it's- out. <laughs> yeah. She's been acting strangely and I'm wondering if you had any idea whether there was something I was quickly interrupted it's a bit difficult to follow your rambling Benjamin what is it that you want from me she asked I could almost see her standing there in her thin sweater and slacks tapping her fingernails impatiently on the table I wanted to know if you ever noticed any odd behavior or possibly any mental health issues I asked There was a long, uncomfortable pause that I couldn't tell was because she was just thinking or something else. Finally, after a few seconds, she spoke. I'm not sure if this is one of your jokes, Benjamin, but if so, I don't find the humour in it. Now, I do have business to attend to, as I said, so if you don't mind... Should I redo that in a very posh voice? Yes, oh, go on. can you? Yeah, yeah like, like, I'm not I'll... sure if this is one of your jokes, Benjamin, but <laughs> if, it, if so, I don't find the humour in it. Now I have business to attend to, as I've said, so if you don't mind. 
<laughs> yeah, that was great. I'd have been like, yeah. all right, bitch, you're on your own. Do it yourself. <laughs> that was really good. It was good. Thank it was very good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here all night. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I cut her off before she could get rid of me. Marianne, it's not a joke. I'm sincerely concerned about Lynn's mental health. Her behaviour has been very erratic lately. I'm very worried about her and I figured as her mother, you would be as well. If you're truly concerned, if you're truly concerned, <laughs> then I suggest to get the health <laughs> professionals involved. I don't know what you expect of me. <laughs> I could tell she was seconds away from hanging up and for some reason I was desperate not to let her. I had a feeling that she knew a lot more than she was letting on. Please, if not for me, do it for Lynn. Oh, my God. I heard a faint, shaky intake of breath as if she was trying to hold her steely persona together but failing. Benjamin, I don't know what to tell you. My only advice would be to seek professional help. Do not call here again. Goodbye. I tried to call out. I tried to bleh, call out, but she hung up. I tried to wrap my head around the call and her refusal to help me. Even if she didn't like me, why wouldn't she want to help her own daughter? I couldn't understand that. I tried to replay the conversation, desperate to find something I missed. After a while, I almost gave up until I remembered her last words to me. Seek professional help. She'd said those words with a bit of urgency. I could have just been grasping at straws, but no. I was sure her voice had changed ever so slightly when she'd said that, as if it was very important. What had she meant? I assumed she'd be referring to medical professionals, but maybe she was referring to something else. Someone that she didn't, for some reason, feel comfortable saying directly. Or maybe I was just desperate. I waited for Chris to get home and after a very long and exhausting conversation with him and Rebecca, I convinced them that Lynn truly needed psychiatric help. I didn't tell them everything. I wasn't prepared to go into it yet. But I told them about our last encounter, how she'd hidden in the bathroom peeking at me from the closet. They were obviously shocked and thankfully they believed me. They too just wanted to help her. Still, they didn't think it was all that serious. Weird maybe, but not dangerous. They just kept saying that Lynn had to be playing some kind of weird joke. Maybe for YouTube, Rebecca offered. Chris didn't think we should involve the police just yet. He offered instead to go with me and I readily accepted. He reasoned that calmly talking to her, trying to coax her into going willingly, was the best recourse. I agreed to do it his way. At least I wouldn't be going into that house alone. We drove over this morning just after breakfast. There was no way I was going at night. When we pulled into the driveway, my stomach began doing somersaults. Her car wasn't there, but I didn't let my guard down. The front door was ajar and for a split second I thought we'd see her eyes staring through the gap. I was shaking and starting to sweat. Chris, however, was fine. 
He waited for me to open the door. His hands were still in his pocket, like he was going on a fucking stroll through the park. I envied his ignorance. Oh, my God. I pushed the door open and was immediately hit with the stench of rot. Chris smelt it too, and he walked in the house behind me with his nose scrunched up. Jackie had farted. (laughs) (laughs) What do you guys use to clean the floors around here? Shit. Chris mumbled. Shut up, I said, my eyes diving around for any signs of Lynn. I can't speak. The house was deadly quiet and dark despite being 10 in the morning. All the curtains were closed up tight, refusing to allow any sunlight inside. If I hadn't left it just... If I hadn't left it just two days prior, I'd have thought the house to be abandoned. Wow. We moved through each room, carefully checking any place she might hide, occasionally calling her name. Why the fuck are you looking under the couch? Chris asked. Aren't we looking for your wife? He was looking at me like I was a moron. Let's just go upstairs, I whispered. He shook his head but followed me up the stairs to check the bathroom and spare bedroom. On the way up, my shoes crunched over pieces of glass that looked to be littered over the few steps. I noticed that (laughs) one of Lynn and my wedding portraits that hung up on the wall along the staircase had been smashed. The frame hung crookedly, all the glass removed. I stared at the picture, a lump forming in my throat. We had taken the photo just after leaving church, after saying our vows. She looked so beautiful in her white gown. I looked at Lynn's beautiful face, and I never dreamed her face would ever be the source of terror for me. We climbed up the rest of the steps and checked the spare bedroom, but it looked completely untouched. I was hesitant to go to the bathroom, my fear from that night coming back to me all at once. Chris noticed and offered to go in by himself, but I couldn't let him do that. So we walked in together, checking the closet and the shower. The bathroom looked as if it hadn't been touched since the night I left. I don't think she's here, Ben. Why don't you pack some clothes and we'll try coming back tomorrow or something? I nodded and went into our bedroom and shoveled some... shoved some clothes back into a duffel bag. When I checked inside our closet, I came across the the source of the smell and gag. Chris took one look and lost all colour in his face. He had to go stand by the stairs to get away from the sight and smell. I gazed down in shock at what lay inside my bedroom closet, soaking into the rug, where at least a dozen eyeballs, all carefully laid <gasps> out in pairs. Some were as large as a quarter, while others were just as tiny as a marble. I stared down at the eyes she'd collected from small animals and I wondered how she'd gotten them and shuddered at the thought. Man, I thought I had it bad with Becca's shoe addiction, but fuck me, your wife's in here collecting eyeballs, Chris said. (laughs) (laughs) Ben, I think we should go, he called from the hole. I'm getting nauseous. All right, I grabbed my duffel and shut the closet door on my new nightmare. I stepped out into the hole and took a breath of fresh air. I couldn't taste the rot on my tongue, 
sorry, I could taste the rot on my tongue and I couldn't help but gag. Who the fuck lines up eyeballs in their closet like that? Oh, yeah. Chris mumbled. I tried, I tried to tell you she needed help, I said. She doesn't need help, Ben. She needs a fucking exorcist, he said. Are you coming or what? I can't stand the smell any... His words died in his throat and his eyes grew wide with fear. I didn't ask him why I could feel it. Someone was watching me and I didn't think it was the eyes in the closet. I turned around, my eyes slowly scanning the bedroom. Christ, I whispered, as I finally saw what we'd missed. Under the bed, curled on her side, was watching us with the excitement of a kid on Christmas morning, was my wife. Oh, that's just giving me chills. (laughs) Oh. She held her hands together just under her chin and they were shaking eagerly. Now that she had been found, I could hear the quiet noises she was making, a sort of hiccuping sound in her throat, as if the excitement was just too much for her. It was unnerving to say the least, wide eyes and that same huge smile. Everything in me told me to run, but I forced it away. This was my wife. No matter how twisted she was, she's still the woman that I married, and I had to help her. Lynn, I said softly. She didn't respond, but her head bobbed back and forth in two quick little movements, as if she were nodding. Baby, I just want to help you. Can you can you let me do that? I asked. I had taken a step forward, approaching her like some kind of dangerous animal. I love you, Lynn, I said softly, taking another step closer. She let a tiny moan escape her wide open mouth and I had to resist the urge to run. Her shoulders were starting to quiver and her eyes grew as large as saucers. I crouched down so I could see her better and immediately saw the blood. Her hands were covered in it. They trembled more the closer I got, as if she was barely able to contain herself. Lynn, are you hurt? You're bleeding, I said. She bobbed her head again, her bloody fingers moving up and down as if and as if playing an invisible piano. They occasionally gazed they occasionally grazed her chin, leaving smears of blood on her skin. I wanted a recoil in disgust. The smell that was coming off her was revolting. I could feel the vomit trying to climb up my throat. Her lips were dry and stretched thin, blood seeping between the cracks. I knew she wouldn't come out on her own, but I didn't want to leave her in the state she was in. I scooted closer and reached out to her. The excited hiccuping sounds got louder and her hands shook, fingers flexing. It was then that I could see the blood oozing from in between her fingers. Oh my God, Lynn, you're bleeding, I said. Instinctively, I reached out to take her hand, but before I could even touch her, her hand sprang out towards me. A sharp pain shot through my arm and I fell back on my ass. My arm burned and I could see the blood dripping down onto the carpet. I looked back at her in shock and saw her grinning madly, her fingers clutching a large shard of glass. You were right in there, Chris asked from behind me. I turned my head slightly and nodded to him, cradling my arm to my chest. 
when I turned back to face Lynn, I saw that her focus had shifted. She wasn't looking at me anymore and she wasn't smiling anymore either. She was staring past me, her eyes glaring at Chris, the way a hungry lion might stare at an antelope. Her mouth was still hanging open, but it was twisted into a snarl. I got to my feet and began walking backwards down the hole, afraid to take my eyes off her. Are you bleeding? Chris asked. The moment the words left his mouth, Lynn started fast scooting out from under the bed, the glass shard still in her fist. This story is just... Yeah, no, it's... I I doubt it's real, but it's fucking well done. It's brilliantly written, yeah. Chris, run, go, I yelled. (laughs) He must have been too afraid to move because a second later I felt my back bump into him. He was still standing at the top of the stairs, staring at the horror that was my wife. Lynn had crawled completely out from under the bed and stood in the bathroom doorway, her face twisted in rage. Her whole body was visibly tense. Blood ran down her fingers onto the floor. Jesus, Lynn, Chris said. You are playing hide and seek? I reached back and pushed him towards the steps. Move your ass, Chris, I said as quietly and firmly as I could. Lynn bobbed her head in fast, sharp move. Fuck, I can't talk anymore. Fast, sharp movements. Lynn bobbed her head (laughs) in fast, sharp motions. Oh. (laughs) began to grin, stretching her mouth open wider and wider so that her chin seemed to touch her chest. I heard Chris mutter a prayer and then he was running down the stairs. I stood at the top of the steps, stuck between the love for a woman who clearly needed serious help and self-preservation. I only want to help, I said, choking back tears. Her eyes focused on me once again as she slowly lifted the glass, holding it out in front of her. And then she started sprinting towards me, grinning with utter excitement. Thankfully, my body took over and I flew down the stairs, skipping two or three at a time. I made it to the front door before I felt her leap onto my back, wrapping her arms around my neck, her open mouth next to my ear, so that I could hear those terrible hiccuping sounds up close. I shook her off me, knocking her to the floor. I felt a searing pain in my back as she went, but I tore open the front door and bolted to my car. That's fucking crazy. Chris was standing in the front yard, talking on the phone with the police. I didn't say a word. I just ran to my car and jumped in. Chris took the hint and followed me, still on the line with 911. I watched the rearview mirror. Sure, I'd see her there running after us, but I never did. I went straight to the ER and got 11 stitches in my arm and three on my back. The police asked a lot of questions and went back to the house to do a search, but of course, Lynn wasn't there. They advised me to stay with a friend or relative for a while and to file a restraining order as soon as I could, but none of those things would matter. Somehow, I just knew. I dropped Chris off at home and went to a motel an hour away. I wanted to put as much distance between me and Lynn as I could. This is where I've been for the last four hours. I thought that 
maybe the police would find her. Maybe they would get her the help she desperately needs. But now I don't think so because 40 minutes ago, I got a text from an unknown number, just three words. I found you. <gasps> oh, I just got chills. I, I actually car. got like such a the, the cold shock chill. <laughs> it, it was like when someone walks over your grave, but you don't shake. Yes. So, okay. Because That's, I'm so tired. You did that to me. I'm not going to lie, my eyes were closed for some of it, but because I'm so tired, I was, like, fully picturing, like, envisioning it in my head. Yeah, no, that was a full thing. I was, I That's felt like crazy. I was watching inside my head. Yeah. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. That. Uh... <laughs> Wait, is there more? There's only a last bit. So after that message and a picture attached, the picture was dark and grainy, but I instantly knew what it was. There was no mistaking my wife's eye. I started typing this out immediately after. I don't know what to do. I'm alone and scared, but I can't help but feel that I'm being watched. Holy fucking oh shit. Oh, my God. You're welcome. I have a I'm, like, staring out the window, like, freaking out. Yeah. Right <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. No. That was really well done, yeah. Yeah, Thanks. holy fucking shit. Um, you fully got me back for last week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suck it, bitch. <laughs> nah, it's what's like, behind well, you. Fuck you, cunts. <laughs> fuck you. I, I, I remember I won't do that to you, Nads. <laughs> Speaking of being watched, um... Cara and I were talking about like hotel horror stories and that sort of stuff. And I do actually kind of have a personal story to share about being watched in a hotel. Um, it's not made up. It's completely true. Anyway. Um, oh, by the way, I'm moving on. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Swiftly moving on. Um, so it probably would have been about 10 odd years ago, a little bit more. My mum and I went to, um, we went on like a round trip to Singapore, Malaysia, Borneo, that sort of stuff. Anyway, we ended up in Sarawak. No, we ended up in, yes, we ended up in Sarawak, um, which is like the top, very northern kind of like Borneo part of Malaysia. Although Borneo is a different part of the country. Anyway, you get the idea. Um, we stayed at this hotel and we'd stayed there before and had, like a really good time, didn't have any issues. It was great. Came back a second time and put us up in a room. And if for anyone that knows me, I'm quite meticulous about like things like money and numbers and that sort of stuff. I can remember, you know, exactly how much I've got at all times. I can remember, you know, the stupidest things, um, but particularly how much, you know, sort of cash I carry and that sort of stuff. And every time we go into like the hotels and things, nine times out of 10, I'll use the safe, especially if you go out. You know how they provide like a safe in the hotel? Mm. For whatever reason, I didn't um, on a couple of occasions and it worked out it was when I was going down to the pool. Anyway, this one particular day, I had about 60, no, I had about 120 ringgit, which is like their currency. Uh, my mum and I went down to the pool and spent a couple of hours down there, had a few drinks, had some food or whatever, and just kind of just did whatever. Came back, I think, to go and get some dinner later on that night. Um, came back and I realised that I had 60 ringgit missing. 
And I said to my mom, I said, there's money missing from my purse. She goes, don't be ridiculous. And I was like, no, seriously, there's money missing from my purse. And she's like, you've probably spent it somewhere and not realized because no, no, I'm sure I'm like a hundred percent sure I had money in my purse, like this amount of money. And she was like, no, 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 that seems silly. Like, why would it just go missing? And I was like, okay, maybe you're right. We had been out earlier that day. Anyway, fast forward a couple of days, it happened again. I had about probably about the same amount, went down to the hotel pool, sat there for a couple of hours, came back and half my money was gone. And I said, mom, it's happened again. I've like, I'm missing money. Like it's gone. And she was like, it can't be gone. Like there's, there's two people that can access their, like access the room. Like where the hell could it be? Mum went down to the desk and was like, you know, does anyone else have access to the room? Blah, blah, blah. And the lady at the counter was like, oh, you've got three keys written for the room. And mum was like, no, no, we've got two, like one for me, one for, you know, my daughter. And the lady at the counter was like, well, there's there's three keys written for the room. And mum was like, you sure that's not housekeeping? She goes, no, no, it's not housekeeping because they've got, the, they've got their own key, which is identified as, you know, housekeeping. Oh my God. Yeah, I assume it would be like a bastard key for all the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mum was like, well, there shouldn't be a third key written for the room because there's only two of us. Like, that doesn't make sense. Anyway, she tr- put in a complaint saying, you know, that money's gone missing and that sort of stuff and it ended up going to, like, the general manager of the hotel. A couple of days later, turns out that um, they've checked CCTV, like CCTV footage and that sort of stuff. So not long after we checked in, a guy that works at the hotel has written himself another key for our room. Not sure why initially, I'm assuming to steal money because that's all he did. So there was a guy working at the hotel for about a week that had access to our room at any point, any time, whenever he wanted and never saw him any other time like ne- like in fact didn't see him at all didn't I couldn't tell you what he looks like now but he pretty much sat and watched us and waited until we were out of the room to enter our room to steal the money fucking crazy um yeah so on a couple of occasions he he'd pretty much just sat and waited until he we could he, like he could see that we were out of the room and that sort of stuff so it's like really really strange the general manager was like apologizing profusely paid all of my money back like it was just, it was yeah. pretty fucked up. Yeah. So that's my creepy hotel story. Okay. I have another story, fucking story. So this one is, uh, it's on a Ask Reddit about the creepiest hotel stories that people have. Mm-hmm. I was, it's quite an old one. It's four years ago. Um, and it was posted by, banned from subs so i'm just gonna read it as it is i arrived late at a hotel for a business trip flight had malfunctioned so we had to land and they fixed it on the tarmac and we never deplaned room already paid for confirmation number in hand etc i got there about five hours after i was supposed to be there of course they gave (laughs) away my room oh i already wasn't happy this is going well (laughs) (laughs) motherfucker i'm so tired (laughs) <laughs> ah, now I know how you felt last week, Dad. Ah. <laughs> yeah, most weeks, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, you two have switched today. Yeah. Dad's starting to fall asleep now. 
<laughs> She's got the sleepy eyes. <laughs> Her eyes are smaller. <laughs> See, me and Jackie are chilling, but I feel like as soon as the recording's off, we're both fucked as well. Yeah, I reckon. Um, I already wasn't happy from all the delays and I wasn't going anywhere. The event I was there for was in their hotel. I wanted my room. I was polite, but resolutely firm. They did some scrambling and asked if I would consider a damaged room under construction. I basically said, as long as the sheets are clean so I can go to bed, I don't care. Mistake. The room they gave me was literally a crime scene. The case had been closed, so there was no legal issue to contend with, but someone had been killed or nearly killed, not 100% sure, in that room. They had primed over the bloodstains on the wall and ceiling, but had only taped semi-clear plastic over the pooled blood on the carpets. Multiple small holes in the walls had obviously been patched and sanded, but they were multiple small holes in the walls. They gave me a completely new bed and a TV from an on-site inventory, so I was comfortable. But man, it was creepy as fuck. The creepiest part was the priming job. It was so obviously blood splatter. You could see where the person had been hit and where they fell. You could also see how they tried to get up and where they'd finally collapsed. So there is, there is an edit as well. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> You're probably just drunk. Are you guys just fucking with me? No, you guys, it's them two again. Uh... Kara, we're the angels of this podcast. Yes. Sorry. You're my angel. You're my, you're my darling <laughs> angel. Anyway, so long story short, someone died in the room. <laughs> the end. <laughs> long story short, they died. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our episode. Please like us on. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Why are you such a cunt to me? <laughs> My internal dialogue fighting with each other. <laughs> Please like us on our socials and like us on Spotify. And don't forget to. You can't like us on Spotify. Don't forget to follow us. Please like us. Please like us. (laughs) Please like us on our socials. (laughs) Will you be with a friend? Please. Please Please like us. (laughs) Please follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to get notified when the next episode is released. I'm so sorry. I'm very tired right now. Yeah. And um and we have a website where you can submit submissions <laughs> and, um, and stories and well done, Captain Obvious. And um <laughs> and if you would like to after my performance on this episode, you can also submit a complaint. Uh, where do we submit those? Content corrections. <laughs> Um. Yes. Yes. Thanks. For also, me. just don't follow us like the person in Nan's story. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh God. I want to start doing that to Kara now. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. That's actually really creeped me out. I know. Yeah. You, you wait till it creeps you out Ooh. someday. <laughs> Someone just walked over my grave. They've walked over your grave several times tonight. 
Gio, that happens to you a lot. Same, but I think it's because I'm holding in a fart. <laughs> <laughs> Pop it into the mic for us, will oh, you? Oh, we've done so well. We'd only mentioned it once. <laughs> Bullshit, it was only once. Let's see. All right. Love you. Good chat. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye, bitches. Bye. Bye.